Eagle Nation. You're listening to Gotta Talk, a podcast dedicated to all things Georgia Southern football. Now, here's your hosts, Matt Monty and Cody Anderson. All right, Eagle Nation, Gotta Talk is back for the third episode, uh, third and uh, final episode of our 2021 Georgia Southern season preview. So uh, if you are listening to this and haven't heard our uh, first two, definitely go back and check those out. We answer Twitter questions where we kind of talk about all the hot uh, topics and and uh, trending topics of uh, of the off season. And then Cody and I broke down uh, the offense, defense, and special teams units um, in the second episode. So in this one, uh, we're focused kind of less on us, less on Georgia Southern, and more on our opponents. We'll go through the 2021 season. Uh, we will uh, end the episode breaking down uh, the September 4th season opener in home opener in Paulson Stadium against FCS opponent Garner Webb. Um, spend a little bit of time talking about the running Bulldogs. And, uh, and, and yeah, and then kind of go through uh, before that each game. Um, definitely spend a little bit more time on the uh, Sunbelt opponents, talking about, you know, the kind of the uh, trending topics there um, in the offseason quarterback changes coaching changes all this and yeah Cody looking forward to it yes um it's gonna be a packed episode and I can't wait let's go and jump into it cool so before we get into that um let's do a little bit of housekeeping a few things to talk about don't want to spend too much time on on any of these things so we can we can kind of uh you know focus on the task at hand of, of breaking down the opponents but uh, we'd uh, be doing it a disservice if we didn't mention some of these things that have happened uh, in the course of, of you know, uh, the last time we recorded, right? So, uh, number one happened today, earlier today, as we're recording this on uh, the 21st. Um, and that is, uh, it was the day of the uh, uh, scrimmage number two. And we heard that Todd Bradley G- uh, uh, Glenn uh, uh, senior, um, sixth year senior, I guess, uh, COVID year linebacker, um, unfortunately is going to be out for the season, um, with a torn bicep. Uh, you know, this is a guy that we talked about in the last episode and, uh, breaking down the defense of, you know, how he's going to be a leader or, you know, was going to be a leader of the defense. Still will be a leader um, of the defense. You know, he's not going to still, be still will be a leader. Yeah. He still, he, yeah. Won't be on the field, won't, but yeah. So, yeah, uh, I mean, obviously the guy's got a motor. He's all over the field. We were really excited for him, guy that, that's dealt with injuries in the past. Um, you know, it just had a really rough go, honestly, you know, his entire career. But when he's been able to play, uh, definitely has been a difference maker. Um, just hate it for him. Obviously wish him, uh, you know, a speedy recovery. You know, again, probably not, not playing this season, obviously. Um, you know, we'll, we'll see what happens, what shakes out. If he can come back, obviously, like I said, he this was going to be his sixth year, taking that COVID year, had, I believe, a medical redshirt already. Um, but, you know, maybe there's something that can happen. Obviously, this happening in preseason, you know, haven't uh, started the season yet. So, you know, maybe there could be 
another medical red shirt or a exception from the NCAA. I'm not really sure. Um, that's all up in the air. You know, Coach Lunsford couldn't really comment on that um, at the second scrimmage today. So, um, you know, obviously just wishing for the best for him in, in whatever happens that, you know, he uh, 100% recovers and whether he has played his last down, you know, as a Georgia Southern Eagle or um, or not, you know, we, we wish him the best. Yeah, we wish him the best, a speedy recovery. Um, don't know for sure, but it looks like this would probably be his, his last official go at it. Um, and if it is, wish him all the best in his future endeavors. Um, no doubt he will be successful. And I think we'll always have a special place in the hearts of uh, the Eagle fans everywhere. For sure. The uh, uh, avid uh, fisherman, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I believe, yeah. Uh, you know, working on that uh, NIL deal, I think. Uh, you know, he threw out like Bass Pro Shops and a couple others. So so maybe something like that still in store with him. Uh, but, um, yeah, I mean, I definitely just wish him the best. And uh, as you said, Cody, no matter what, I think he's going to be on the sidelines for us um, as, uh, you know, rooting us on and, and, and coaching in some respects of, of the defense. So, um, moving on from that, uh, let's talk about that second scrimmage. Uh, you, uh, didn't get a chance to make the first one, but you, uh, were able to attend the second one. You put, you know, some, some very brief kind of thoughts overview on Twitter. Um, whether you saw that or not, let's expand on that. Um, and, uh, yeah, just kind of give me your overall thoughts on the scrimmage. Let's start with that first point that you threw out on Twitter, the defense. Yeah, so defense looked really, really good. They were very fast, aggressive. Um, I oh gosh, I think they had two or three interceptions in the scrimmage, and probably could have had one or two more. Um, was not a lot of runs that really broke free. I think Sam Kennerson had one or two of those, but not really anything else was going well for the offense. They pretty much kind of shut everything down. Um, quick to the um, ball carrier. If it was a pass, pretty much hit the receiver right when he called it. No extra yards after contact. Um, for the most part, again, some of that was kind of also that early whistle. They didn't really go through full contact the entire way, right? So if you got close, you put a hand on them. Sometimes they look dead depending on who the player called it. Um, but, no, defense looked great. I mean, if they can play that well every game, man, we're going to be in every game that we play this year, no doubt. Um, yeah, and – and it's one it's one of those things, right, with with scrimmages that that you never know. Like, is it you know is our offense that bad? Yeah. Is our defense that good? Well, um, obviously, in the first that, scrimmage, it seemed like yeah. the offense you know kind of kind of stole the show there a little bit. And obviously, you you go through different you know ones versus ones, ones versus twos, different scenarios, starting at different yard lines, starting at third down, all this kind of stuff. Um, so it's it's really hard to, to get a read on it. Yeah. Um, but but yeah, I mean, I, I think, I mean, obviously I wasn't able to attend either scrimmage, being in Colorado, um, but from following along on Twitter, from talking to Cody, um, you know, with this one, defense kind of stole the show. But, um, you know, as, as I was texting Cody earlier today, and, and we touched on it in the last episode, breaking out of the defense. I, I think we're we're in a really good place. I think we're going to be just as good defensively this year, um, if not better, than we were last year. And obviously, you know, the defense kept us in a lot of games. We're, you know, a pivotal reason of why we won the games we did. And, you know, I, I think we're going to be better. Obviously, losing Ty Bradley uh, Glenn really hurts. Um, but 
I, you know, I, I think we have the talent there while maybe not as experienced. I think we're just, if not more so, talented. And Scott Sloan, I mean, I, I don't think there's any reason to think that he's not going to deliver a great product. Completely agree with that. Um, I will also say this, that it seemed like some of the more um, star offensive athletes, I guess you could say, uh, were not on the field. Justin Tomlin, I think, played one series. J.D. King, I did not see him on the field. I think they said that in the press release after the scrimmage that he didn't partake in it. Um, and I didn't really see Jalen White run the ball too much. Uh, so I'm wondering if they're not trying to really kind of fill out their depth chart in terms of obviously quarterback. That's going to be a big thing we're going to talk here soon. But also running back and receiver. I think they played pretty much all the receivers, but definitely running back. It seemed like there was a lot of players that are not high up on the depth chart. They got a lot of reps today and actually looked really, really good. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. So, I mean, yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's hard to, again, decipher it um, with, you know, when you look at who's playing, who's not, you know, but, um, but yeah, I mean, it's, it's good to hear that. So I guess let's move on to the next kind of talking point there, Cody, um, you had talked about um, and you kind of just mentioned it, but, um, you know, the, the quarterback play and the fact that do not be surprised. And we've kind of hinted at this a couple times, right? I mean, I know everyone wants us and everybody else, including Lunsford to like make it as or like give a de facto answer, yeah. right? Of like, who's going to be QB one um, against Gardner Webb. And I think it's becoming more and more clear that the question is, it, it might be a quarterback by committee situation. I think you're right. Um, each of the, Jones, Ransom, and Kenerson all have their, I think, unique attributes that they bring to the position. Um, each have their strengths and their weaknesses. And, you know, it's kind of like pick your poison. If you go with this quarterback, you're going to be great here, but you're kind of maybe a little bit uh, weak in this area. If you kind of go with this quarterback, it's going to be flipped. So, um, I don't know. I think you're going to kind of see just who can lead the offense better and whoever has the hot hand. I think they're going to let that person probably take the reps. Uh, I would hope that it is between Kinnerson and Ransom, but Jones showed poise today in the scrimmage. He showed that he can lead the offense and that he can handle pressure when it gets to him and he knows how to escape from that. Um, and he, I think he was like five for five passing wise. So he's pretty accurate when it came to that. Uh, so again, you know, seeing Jones today, I think impressed me the most because I wasn't expecting, um, really the passing aspect of it. Right. You don't really think of, yeah, apparently he's got an army. Yeah. yeah. And so that was, um, that was pretty impressive. Uh, and it kind of showed to me that this isn't just like a wildcat or wild eagle or whatever you want to call it sort of two or three plays that this is going to be not one. It's not one dimensional. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I think a lot of the playbook could be open for him, and he could he need to pass. He can if he needs to hand it off or run the option. He can do all of it. So, it's it's now that I've kind of seen him in person play, I kind of feel confident that if Lunsford and, and Ruse decide he's the man that needs to take the the Gardner Webb game, who should get it against FAU. Um, but it's I think that's going to be the storyline out of the Gardner Webb game is. Who was the quarterback? Who was more successful? And how did they handle that position throughout the game? For sure, yeah, and and that's the thing is situational, right? I mean, I, I think I think you know 
that's going to be really interesting is who we put in in certain situations. Um, like, obviously, you're going to have that feeling out period. You know, um, yes, it's going to be interesting to see who actually is QB1 who takes that first uh, snap of that first drive. But outside of that is like, you know, if we're, in, you know, even within a drive, right? I mean, if we're inside the 20, is it Sam Kinnerson, you know, or, or, or in the red zone? Is it Ransom? Is it Kinnerson? Is it if we're in third and long? Is it um, a Ransom or, or maybe Amari Jones because of the arm? You know, yeah. I don't know. Um, so seeing, seeing that kind of stuff, like it's not necessarily going to be a Ellison Upshaw situation where it's, you know, one drive, one drive or two drives, one drive, that kind of thing. It literally could be like them switching out in the middle of a drive, you know, just depending on the situation. And, and I think the key there is, is just with Doug Roos, just be, and I think he will be, be smart about it. Of, of You know, obviously if you're putting in um, an Amari Jones, don't make it obvious that we're running the wild Eagle or, you know, yeah. um, or, or if we're putting in Cam Ransom and he's, he's dropped back that, that we're, that we're passing the ball or that we're, um, you know, do different things. So it's not easy to figure out, um, even for Garner Webb, you know, so, um, that's, that's going to be interesting to see, but I guess, uh, third, which will kind of segue us in, um, <laughs> to, to, to the quote. next, to the, uh, to the next talking point. So Cody had his, his, uh, heard his favorite quote, um, at least of the season, may, maybe ever, I think uh, what we coming have to from, from Chad Lunsford with yeah. that. We both have our degrees from Georgia Southern, obviously. You are a journalism. That's what your degree is in. And my mine is mathematics. So, obviously, this quote was near and dear to my heart when Chad Lunsford spit out that stats are for losers. And yes. <laughs> in, in, in context here, and we'll, we'll get into more, right? But context here, like, uh, Cody texts me. I'm out and about. I'm doing things in Colorado. Um, I obviously... Months. Yeah, yeah, right. <laughs> um, and uh, just breathing in that mountain air, uh, Rocky Mountain High, and uh, and um, so I get I get the text from him. You know, I I I see it. I, I chuckle at it. I have no context of what it's referring to. Um, yeah, I, I, yeah. I, I was thinking maybe it was just the scrimmage, and someone threw out like an obscure stat of of something. Um, later find out literally 10 minutes before recording this, uh, it had to do with COVID and vaccination numbers. So obviously since recording our last episode, probably the biggest, uh, you know, talking point, trending topic within the world of Georgia Southern football has been vaccination percentages. And this was broken by Lynn Goff. I'm sorry, Lindsay Goff at, uh, at WTOC. And she reported, um, I was trying to find, it was low 60s, I believe it was like 61, 62%. I think was the first number. Yeah, so so that that came out, you know, depending on when you're listening to this, it's probably going to be like two weeks or so ago. But anyway, it <clears throat> came out um, and that, yeah, obviously low number, um, low 60s. And so that started the debate on, on either side of, of, you know, what to do there. Then we started seeing movement uh, with the vaccination rate. Um, now of the second scrimmage, you know, fast forward a little bit. Um, there's obviously been an uptick there. Uh, you know, uh, Coach Lunsford speaking 
uh, to media after um, after uh, that scrimmage, revealing 89% of offense, 77% of defense, um, uh, starters, oh, I should starters. say, okay. uh, are okay. vaccinated. And then, no, 89% of offense, 77% of defensive starters are vaccinated. Okay. Yeah, yeah, starters are vaccinated. 82% of the three deep are vaccinated. And so that's basically your your team. So 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 basically, overall... 82% of your starters, 89% on offense, 77% on defense. Obviously, huge uptick from the low 60s that was reported by Lindsay, you know, just as we're recording this about a week ago. So, obviously, this is a divisive topic. It's, you know, something we could spend a lot of time talking about, and we're not going to do that uh, because we have we have other things to talk about. I don't want to say more important things, certainly, um, but other things to talk about. This is a college football podcast, you know, so we want to be kind of careful of like how we approach this. But basically, I guess, Cody, I'll, I'll, I'll turn it to you here. You know, the the key, you know, is and, and, and Lunsford was very candid as he always kind of is. Right. Um, you know, sometimes he will give you the coach speak, but sometimes, but, uh, you know, other times he'll, it's he'll great shoots. Yeah. Shoot, shoot from the hip. And he certainly did. He gave you, you know, the quote of the, of the year so far, and we <laughs> haven't even started the season. Um, our stats are for losers and it was in reference to this. Uh, it was a reference to that low sixties number that was reported and, you know, um, which, you know, maybe the poor, you know, as, as a journalism major, <laughs> Maybe not the thing you want to say, um, you know, in, in, in this context, but, um, you know, it, it, it leads for an interesting conversation. Obviously, the numbers are up. And, it, you know, first and foremost, I'll turn it to you, Cody, after this. You know, obviously, the most important thing here, no matter how you feel, I mean, we can debate certain things. So, you know, the sun goes down um, or the cows come home. But uh, health, safety, well-being of the student athletes, the coaches, the support staff, and everyone involved in the program, that's first and foremost. That's the way it always has been, should have been, before vaccine, after vaccine. We can argue of the best way to, you know, get there, um, but that that is what's most important. So now I'll turn it to you, and we can kind of yeah, talk through this. and I think we also have to address how Lunsford has stated how— the team is handling this within the locker room, right? Which is that they're going, making sure everybody's educated about the vaccines and about the disease and best practices on how not to spread it and to keep yourself safe. Um, I believe what they had like the Sunbelt doctor or something or the team doctor, somebody came in this past week and, and talked to them about it and that, you know, they're speaking with each kid. They're answering their questions that they have for it, whether if they're for it or whether they're, they're not for it. And again, you know, as a sensitive of a subject as it is right now, I think they're really doing the correct thing here, which is education. This is a, a valuable teaching moment. You know, make correct. sure that whatever your reason being, whether you're for or whether you're you're not willing to get it just yet, that you understand why, that you have the reasons and the, and the knowledge and the knowledge as to why you're one or the other. Yeah, it's not just I don't want to. Yeah. I just I haven't gotten around to it. It's you have like a, a legitimate reason. Yes. You can back it up, and it's fine if the coach staff has to talk through. I mean, we're talking about you know eighteen to twenty two year old kids. I mean, exactly. certainly people our age and and older might not fully understand everything. I mean, it's it's a lot to comprehend. There's a lot to understand. So like, yeah, I mean, just just talking through and having that open dialogue is so important. Yeah, and it's and and I think what we forget 
a lot of times, especially adult fans who are on their own and they make their own decisions and yada, 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 is as you said, these are 18 to 20-something-year-old kids who aren't that far removed from living with their parents or living with a relative, uh, whoever they grew up with, whatever home situation they're in. And, you know, if their home situation is, is either, you know, be cautious or wait or whatever the case may be, well, then that kid's going to be pretty kind of emotionally tied to that position. And we shouldn't just jump on these kids for whatever reason because they don't do what we want them to do. Or they don't, we don't do what we feel they like they should. They don't fall in line. They don't fall in line or whatever. This is, this is a lot to, to handle. And they're already going through the stress of college and football and weights. Oh, yeah. And I mean, it's unfair. It's, it's completely and unfair. At 11 yeah. p.m. And then having also the, the moral dilemma, or not moral dilemma, but the moral questions of, well, should I do it or should I not do it? And I think that how Lunsford and them explained how they're handling it is the correct way and the right way to do it. We yeah. as fans may not particularly, we may hope that the numbers are higher as far as vaccination rates. Um, yeah. Obviously, a lot of people feel very strongly about it. But at the end of the day, it's not our decision to make. And we have to respect that. And knowing how they're doing that, it makes it very easy to respect what they're doing. Correct. Yeah, as as long as they're yeah, as long as you're having those conversations, and again, and, and Lunsford stressed this right. It's 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 this isn't in the team room, right? This isn't in the auditorium where they, he's saying go get vaccinated or else, yeah, or or or, or come up, come show your card on Monday morning, you know, like it, it. He's having individual conversations with people and talking through things. I mean, almost, and 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 again, and so it's, the it's players, that, the leaders of the team are doing the same yeah, thing. It's not just right. I mean, this is, they're doing it that to me. I think it's not just Lesford, yes. it's the other coaches and everything, right? But but yeah, it's a collective effort. But it's you know, is it, you can sit here and we could debate like, is that is that fair to the coaching staff? Like they didn't sign up for this, and you can certainly argue like they sign up for basically everything. But I mean, no one could have predicted this situation, right? No. I mean, no no other coach, um, but you know before. A, a year and a half ago had to deal with something like this, you know, but, but now here we are and, and you have to adapt. And, you know, I think they're adapting the best way they can um, to, to again, like not dictate mandate anything, you know, you follow that. If the, the government says so, the state says so, the school district says so that's not the case. So they're just doing their part which is a part of coaching, right? Is education. And then yes. they're trying to be educators, mentors, counselors in some ways, um, and, and just understand. And it's a two way conversation. It's not just, I'm talking to to you saying, this is what you need to know. This is what you need to believe. This is what you need to do. Um, it's talk to me too. Tell me your background. Tell me where you're coming from. And I do, I think that's the best way to approach it now in doing so. Are there consequences that come with it? Yes. With anything, there's consequences. And with this, the consequences could be a player, you know, let's first lay out, you know, the rules. <clears throat> Coach Gill, or Coach Gill, uh, <laughs> Commissioner C- C- Commissioner Gill um, in the uh, Sunbelt Media Days came out and said, look, you know, we're not uh, moving around games. We're not rescheduling games. So the rules are, if you're vaccinated, you don't have to get tested. If you're not vaccinated, you have to get te- tested weekly. 
if a team cannot field, um, you know, a complete team, let's say a position unit, competitive team, a position unit, just like last year, position unit, what have you, or let's say they can in a, a particular player, star player, quarterback, whoever, test positive, obviously has to follow protocols, sit out for at a minimum of two weeks, you know, two two games more likely, maybe more, depending on how the schedule shakes out and, and when they test positive. Um, you know, that obviously is going to have repercussions. That's going to have consequences attached to it. And I think the key here is like, look, as long as everyone across the board understands and is comfortable with those consequences, then that's the right direction to head. You know, like as long as the coaching staff realizes, look, we're doing this, we can sleep well at night, we're giving the kids, you know, free will, choice, but we're also educating them, putting them in the best position to be, you know, make an informed decision, right? Um, We'll respect that decision, but if we have to forfeit a game, obviously, you know, there's going to be consequences. If we... Uh, if, if a star player or something like that misses a game, we end up losing that game, there's probably going to be consequences. That's just it's life. the way it is. Yeah. Um, just, to, I think, to jump on that point, uh, the, it's easy to talk about now. If this should happen in the season, I think that's where I'm kind of concerned about because I don't think I think the fan base is going to overreact to it. Um, and let's be honest, there are breakthrough cases. So these kids could very well be, like you said, a star player may catch it. Star player could very well be vaccinated and just happen to show symptoms and still have to get tested and boom, positive and out for the game. Like it's still not a guarantee that they're not going to get it. Um, well, but they wouldn't be tested though. Well, if they show symptoms, if, if, if they're if they show if, symptoms, they if are. They show, yeah, if they show symptoms, was that? They have to, do they? I, I don't know if that's true. I think so. I think that's what I heard. Now, I could be wrong. I, I guess I could be wrong. Now okay. you're kind of making me second-guess second myself here. But yeah, I thought, that, I'm I not, thought the, that I haven't I, heard. Because, I mean, I what thought, if you just have a cold or allergies or, or I mean, what, you know, that, there's a million symptoms. Yeah, that's true. Um, but they're not subject to contact tracing or anything like that. Okay. Um, but I think if they show symptoms, I think they then they will get tested. But, okay. again, they could still happens it can still be out it's not a 100 percent guarantee yeah you can still carry it not you yeah. can be asymptomatic exactly and, and vaccinated and still pass yeah. yeah so you know i think we have to kind of be mindful and not just overreact if this happens during the season and we also have to keep in mind too that this team played 13 games last year yes with no yep. vaccine um, yep. They had, I know that obviously the first two games they were missing people due to contact tracing and or having the virus. Yeah, 33 players or so and what, 15 from the two from deep. The deep. Yeah. Right. And, but and, that was the worst and, but, of it. But for still our played, team. still won, never had to postpone a game. Obviously had two games postponed with us uh, FAU, which we'll talk about here in a second. And an app. Uh, um, but that was them, not us. So, I mean, yeah, that, I mean, I, I, I think that's 
super important to point out that like we we played only you know one of two teams Alabama being the other that played 13 games last year in a world without a COVID-19 vaccine yep and you know that's I mean that that's something about, now yes is, is history going to repeat, repeat itself not necessarily um, does that mean that we're like immune from everything of course not um, but you know a vaccine does exist now. We've got numbers up to 82% right now overall, three deep. Um, again, 89 offense, 77 defense. I expect those to increase. I mean, there was a, there was a pretty sizable uptick in the last week after the, you know this this news broke. Um, so I, I wouldn't be surprised if by the time uh, September 4th rolls around, that that 82 number overall number is is more like closer to 90 um, than, than it is 80, um, maybe even more. And uh, and yeah, so I mean that obviously hedges our bets better for not only um the uh you know not not having to forfeit a game or not having a star player out um but you know keeping again keeping players safe yeah and and uh, keeping everyone around safe yeah i i agree with that and you know let the, let the season play out it, the sky's not falling yet they get one week at a time yep cool so Let's move on from that and get into the season. So we're gonna we're gonna skip that season opener because uh, we'll we'll end with that um, with uh, talking about Gardner Webb. Um, but so we'll jump right into the September 11th game against Florida Atlantic. So this is a team that we handled fairly easily last year. Conference USA opponent. I believe they finished second in Conference USA last year in the East. Um, you know, they uh, coming off of a, a championship run. Um, obviously, uh, lost their coach. Um, brought in Willie Taggart, um, who we all know very well. Um, no slouch for sure. Obviously, had you know, uh, you know, up and down run at, at Florida state. Um, but you know, has, uh, you know, done really well in the G five with, uh, Western Kentucky and South Florida, um, had, you know, in his very short stint at Oregon, um, did pretty well, uh, you know, before getting that Florida state gig. So we know he can coach, um, they, you talk about a team that got hit by COVID, I mean, if, if we were on the opposite end of that spectrum, right, of, of being able to play 13 games, I mean, they, they might have been hit the hardest of any team in the country. And, of course, we can sit here and debate and but finger point and say why, but, like, you know, that's not really the important right now. They, I mean, they missed a ton of games. Obviously, our game got postponed with them. Um, you know, it, it, it got uh, delayed, what, it was like 36 hours before they were supposed to head to Statesboro, maybe less. Mm-hmm. And, um, and, but yes, in, in the game itself, handled them pretty easily. Offenses on both sides, you know, nothing really to show. Uh, you know, pretty lackluster, but our defense dominated. Yep. Um, they rotated in quarterbacks. We pretty much dominated from, from start to finish, but very different, uh, you know, season this year. Obviously, yes, we head down there, so we don't have the home field advantage. But you're talking about a team, you know, now you got second year under Willie Taggart. Um, they had basically no spring last year because of COVID. They uh, forfeited, or I think they did forfeit a couple games. They postponed several games. Um, it was just, it was, I mean, it wrecked them. 
Um, so I, I think you kind of toss that out. Um, and basically my, my message here is this is a very different FAU team. Um, I like, don't, don't expect us to just go down to Boca Raton and get a guaranteed win and handle them easily. Like we did last year in Paulson. Yeah. Uh, big thing for them is they got a new defensive coordinator and Mike Stoops. Um, so we'll see how, what changes on defense that they make there. Uh, See, because they were pretty good on defense last year, so to make the change on yes. oh, defense coordinator um, may cause them to kind of slip up a little bit there. Uh, the big thing, the second big thing about this game is that they get uh, the Florida Gators to open up the season on September yep. the fourth in Gainesville. So uh, they're going to have a pretty physical, tough game with that. Uh, we'll see if that is a hangover coming into our game the following week. Uh, I believe that it probably will be to a certain extent. Um, and again, um, our offense will be different than what they played against last year. I think that was Drew's first game as offensive coordinator, or interim offensive mm-hmm. coordinator. Uh, and so not a whole lot of things really switched up there as far as the, the actual plays and um, – and how and how uh, probably game plan goes, but they did. We were very kind of boilerplate yeah, running offense. We were, in that game. Yeah. and we had the only thing that you could really change or see a lot of change between the best and that at that point was tempo and motion. Um, so if that'll be kind of if they change defensive coordinators, how that's going to affect their defense, and will it you know hurt them? Will it help us? Uh, I'm going to probably lean toward more that their defense may suffer a little bit. Um, especially coming off the game against Florida, and that our offense should be successful. Again, we have to see how the quarterback situation plays out against Gardner-Webb, but I look for us to hopefully be able to move the ball up and down on this defense. Yeah, so they return uh, 10 starters on offense and defense. Um, Again, this is going to be a theme that you're going to see across about every team. I mean, you look at us with with eight on offense and defense, and on any other year, that would be huge, right? That that yeah. would be high numbers, but that's actually on the lower end. Um, so so yeah, you're you're gonna see with the COVID year, um, that extra year of eligibility. Uh, so yeah, ten on on both sides of the ball, uh, five and four overall, um, four and two in the conference. Um, but again, I mean w- Willie Taggart, I mean the Duke can coach. Um, he's going to have the team ready. They got to figure out the quarterback situation. They still have the two quarterbacks from last year, um, and uh, Nick Tronti, um, and yeah, Michael Johnson, uh, which is kind of more of a runner. We saw him. He, I, I believe, he actually started the game, and then Nick Tronti came in later. Um, I believe they also have a transfer um, coming in, transfer from Miami, I believe. Yeah, Phil um, still has him as a starter, projected starter. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, uh, Nikazi Perry Jr. So we'll see how that shakes out. Um, but, again, I think their defense will be uh, just as good as they were last year, especially with all the stars returning um, or most of the stars returning. And, um, you know, they're, they're kind of like us. I, I think the defense will be just as good, if not better, and the offense will only get better. We know, you know, Willie Taggart's offensive coach. Um, so, yeah, definitely don't take that game for granted. Um, but no, I do think you brought a very... up a good point about, about Florida, about Florida that they might be coming in with some bruises. Yeah, this is going to be a very, you know, this is going to be a tough game. They're going to look at it as probably their first chance to get a W of the season. Um and so we better be in for a dogfight. Again, I think 
we'll have a better understanding of where we lay at or where we stand in this game after we see our quarterback play against Gardner Webb. Um, but I look for us to have a legit shot of winning this game. And I don't think we should be all in despair and be like, oh, since Tomlin's not playing, we don't have a chance to win this game. No, I think we have a very good shot at winning this game. Um, yeah. We just have to see what kind of production we're going to get at quarterback level and then or quarterback position. And then, you know, my confidence level will sway one way or the other from that. Yeah. So moving on to September 18th, uh, keeping it on the road against Arkansas. We've talked about it in the last two episodes that, you know, this could uh, be the the game that we finally get that elusive P5 win um, since being an FBS member. But, you know, uh, again, a lot of question marks there. Obviously, our QB situation, that's going to be the first game that Justin Tomlin is eligible. So it's going to be interesting to see how, uh, you know, the the Ransom, Amari Jones, Kinnerson uh, thing uh, shakes out. And then depending on how that shakes out, where Tomlin fits in that puzzle um, for that game. But, uh, yeah, I mean, this is obviously SEC opponents or big money game, but it is a winnable game there in Fayetteville, Arkansas. Um, you know, they were three and seven last year. This is going to be their second season under new coach uh, Sam Pittman, who came from uh, UGA. Uh, and, you know, they haven't had a winning season since 2016. Um, you know, they're they're going to be ground and pound, uh, you know, kind of old school SEC. Um, you know, I, I think our speed with offense um, could throw them off a little bit. Um, and so it's going to be really interesting to see. I think the key to watching this game is just how Doug Roos attacks that defense. Yeah, that'll be big. Um, also, too, they lost Felipe Franks, um, so they have a brand yeah. new quarterback. I think he's Phil still has a I think a redshirt freshman predicted to be um, yeah, KJ Jefferson. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so we'll see how that shakes out for him. But it's a new quarterback that they're gonna be coming in. Um, this to me is the ultimate trap game for Arkansas in their schedule. They start off with playing Rice in Texas. Obviously, uh, Rice should be a win for them. Uh, Texas, they play it in Fayetteville, so that will be. A pretty um, interesting matchup to see. Uh, Texas probably should win that game, I would assume. Uh, if not, God help them, because that's yeah, <laughs> it's a, rough, a rough sled of what's the end of the SEC if they can't beat Arkansas. Exactly. And then us, and then the week after us is Texas A&M. So yeah. uh, to throw our style of offense in between Texas and Texas A&M, that is going to be very hard for them to prep for, I think, in a week, um, and especially if they haven't prepped for it during you know, spring or fall camp. So I think, again, the two things here is can we stop their run game because that's probably what they're going to lean on. They're going to lean on their offensive line. I have confidence in our defense. Which I think works in our favor. Yeah. I think so, too. We've been very good at stopping the run. It's not like you know we went up against Clemson's offensive line and kind of held our own for about three and a half quarters there. Um back in 2018, I think with a, a less talented front seven group than what we have now. So I feel like we should hold our own with our defense versus their offense. Uh, yeah. The key here is going to be, can our offense find some sort of rhythm and put points on the board and put the pressure on Arkansas? Um, because if we force them to throw the ball, then we may get them out of what they want to do. And that again, you know, we can get, maybe get some turnovers and we can really put the pressure on them and, and probably have a chance to pull away from them. I think it comes down to just attacking right on both sides of the ball. Yes, I think we have to play aggressive. 
if we're aggressive on on defense, shut down the run, force that that freshman to to throw the ball, let you know Canteen and um, and Daryl Baker Jr. and Justin Birdsong just feast right and and maybe get some turnovers and then um and then on offense can't be conservative we've got to attack you know we've got to throw the ball in certain situations we've got to just like be creative and in, in, in our motion and i think our up tempo will be really important too um and just wear them down uh, you know obviously yes rely on the run game but but don't not you know we talked about it in the last episode I don't think we're going to see dive, 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 right? So I mean, I, I don't, I don't think like where they might do that. Stats um, are for losers. So. <laughs> yes, that's are for losers. Where, where, where they might do that. I think, I think Roos, you know, it will be really again. I, I think that's the key is to see how Roos attacks them. And I think, you know, regardless of who the quarterback is, frankly, um, of of just having, um, you know, a, a good variety. Of, of, of play calls in there, right? Uh, you know, to just distribute the balls to our playmakers, um, tight ends, wide receivers, all our running backs, uh, get the get the ball in space, get pitches in, get quick, you know, quick outs, things like that. I think that's going to be the key in this game. Um, and, and, yeah, I, I think we're really well positioned, regardless, again, of the quarterback situation to come away with a win here. Yeah, I, I agree. This is, this is a winnable game, and we should be confident I think going into this week. Cool. So then, um, who 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 would think like bouncing from SEC team gets in it gets way harder. I feel like and the Louisiana game right? is a lot harder than Arkansas. It's so much harder than Arkansas, and and yeah. So September twenty fifth, we return home to Paulson Stadium, which obviously is a benefit for us. Um, but yeah, against Louisiana, so uh, more than likely uh, they're. You know that they, they 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 could go into this game undefeated. They could go into this game. Yes, they start the the season against Texas, um, but you know it's 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 highly possible that they could come into this game at um, the worst. They should come into this game as two and one. Nichols and Ohio should be yeah. Easy Nichols and Ohio victories yeah. for them. Um, their only tough game is going to be Texas. Uh, should be competitive game. Um, a game that they can easily win. They beat an Iowa State team last year that obviously people think hung hung the moon, um, and still think so. They're preseason what top ten team. Uh, yeah. So again, it could very well easily be three and zero. We could very easily be three and zero, and it'd be a, it'd be a pretty pretty big matchup here in Statesboro. So. Obviously, yeah, don't want to get ahead of ourselves, but I mean, if if that's the case, I mean, you're talking. Possibly, I mean, you're possibly ranked matchup, or or at least at least national attention, right? At least national yeah, there'll attention be national where, attention yeah. for it. To where I think, you know, if we're both undefeated and we beat them, we probably are nationally ranked at that point. We probably are nationally ranked, and and who knows, like college game day, that sort of thing might might depending. Again, I'm not looking at the schedule right now of of what we're competing up against, right? But um, you know, could 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 be in in, in that fourth week of the season. So that's. That's that's pretty just dreaming pretty big. <laughs> yeah. No, it is. It is. I know I know we like to talk about it every year and I mean honestly like on our schedule, like the two teams that would even I mean, maybe BYU if it like got that far right, um, and we're just having a dream season and they're as good as they were last year. Um, and then the other one would be coastal. But Correct. Um big thing with Louisiana is that 
again, they return, I feel like, everybody. I think the only thing they're really missing is their running backs, but they've restocked and loaded there, so their running backs should be pretty talented. Uh, they're like us. Yeah, yeah they're, they're, they're not gonna, maybe they're quite be... as deep as us, but they always. it seems like every time they have a stud, right, there's somebody else just yeah, they, ready to they're, step in. they're ready to take over. Um, offensive line, again, is, is just a machine. Uh, they're going to be tough to go up against, no doubt about it. But we should have won the game last year in their place yeah. against, you know, again, with our team that was missing quite a few players due to, to COVID protocol. And, yes, their team was missing a few players as well, but they were the, you know, ranked team at the time, I believe, and they still had a, a lot of their starters that were still on the field as well. So this is a winnable game. We just have to it put is. it together for the entire four quarters. And yeah. that's what it's going to take to beat a team that is this well coached, that is has this much experience, and is a weld oil machine. It's going to take four quarters of smash mouth football, and you cannot let up. I don't care if we're up but with three touchdowns in the second quarter or whatever the case may be. We've got to put the pedal to the metal the entire time. That's going to be the key is is just how, especially depending on how those first three games pan out, right? I mean, if if, if we get that win against Arkansas, let's say we, we win the first two, right? We're 3-0. and How do we respond versus if we come to that game, you know, 2-1 and or 1-3? and uh, Or 1-2, or and two, sorry. Yeah. Um, well, historically, you know, I mean, we that, play well yeah. in the first part of the season. So it's not out of yeah, the question for us to be 3-0 and coming into this, coming into this game. Right. And obviously getting them at home, huge advantage. Um, but, you know, yeah, I mean, like, I, I think it's it, it, the key in that one, again, the, the defense is going to be, like, controlling them, which we did well last year. Yes, they had some key starters out, um, but we did too, as you said. Um, so I think, you know, trying to shut down Levi Lewis, easier said than done. Uh, you know, I said last year that he was going to be the breakout player. I mean, he had a very good year for sure. Um, obviously, Grayson McCall uh, took that honor and then is now again all the preseason accolades. But don't be surprised if Levi Lewis is, uh, you know, their quarterback um, you know, player of the year at the end of the season. You know, yep. I, we'll, we'll, we'll talk about Coastal here in a little bit. But, um, yeah, I mean, the, the, the kid can play. Uh, he comes back, and, and like you said, other than running back, they return absolutely everyone. So there's no reason to think that they're they're going to be any worse than the ten and one season that they put together last year. Correct, correct. They're be they're, they're going to be probably you can argue outside of coastal, they'll probably be the toughest team we go up against this season. So going from that, we keep it at home, October second, Arkansas State. Obviously, big news there. Um, they lose Blake Anderson to uh, Utah State. Um, they get Butch Jones, uh, former Tennessee coach, um, was previously an analyst at Alabama when they won a national championship. Um, and yeah, I mean, you know, they, they, they've uh, that that's obviously going to get most of the headlines. But this is a team that obviously regressed last year. Um, a lot of things going on, obviously, COVID year, but um, with Blake Anderson and, and his family and personal life and just, like, some changes with the team, um, this is a super talented team. I mean, the, the Arkansas State's one of those teams that, like, they're a wild card. 
honestly, in, in, in the Sun Belt, uh, certainly in the West. I mean, they, they very well could only win four or five games, or they could potentially contend with Louisiana win win the West. I, I, I honestly think, like, I, they're really hard to pinpoint at this point. Um, and, you know, talking about their quarterback situation, you know, they lose, what, Logan Bonner uh, to Utah State. He follows Blake Anderson. And then Lane Hatcher returns. They obviously had that, you know, hybrid dual situation, um, you know, platoon in them. But then you've got James Blackman. You know, if you recognize that name, uh, rightly so. Uh, you know, former uh, starter at Florida State. Obviously had his ups and downs there. Um, but the kid can play. Uh, you know, obviously highly recruited out of high school. Um, you just just, uh, just a weird situation all around at Florida State. But, uh, yeah, so that's going to be interesting to see how that plays out. Um, don't know too much about the defense. You know, that's going to be kind of a question mark for them. They obviously they scored a lot of points last year, but it also gave up a lot of points. Uh, but I mean, obviously you can't take this can't take any any game on our schedule lightly. Um, but Arkansas State always plays us tough. We struggled with them recently. We do get them at home, but this is going to be a tough one. Yeah, we always have a. It's always a dogfight with this team, right? It always is. Um, interesting thing about how their schedule lays out against us. We they have three straight road games. We are the third. Uh, we are the bookend of that uh, three game stretch. So they're at Washington on September the eighteenth, at Tulsa on the twenty fifth of September, and then they end their three game road trip uh, here in Statesboro on October the second. So uh, historically speaking, when a college football team has three straight road games like that, by the time they get to their last road game, uh, they're pretty well spent, and it usually bodes well for the home team. Um, if you're looking for kind of why should I be confident in, in this football game, that's that's an outside reason to be confident. Uh, Butch Jones will have this team prepared. Uh, I think they're switching to like a four-down uh, lineman situation for defense. Uh, so it'll be interesting to see how they attack an option from that, whether they bring up, you know, how they go to like a bear-type defense or whatever. Um, but we'll – we'll understand who they are by the time they get here, right? We'll see how well they play against Memphis. We'll see how well they play against Tulsa um, and see just kind of who they are. And like you said, I think it could be where they could be really good. They could they could surprise a lot of people and, and only have lost to Washington by that point and beat Memphis and beat Tulsa. And, and we're looking at a very good team that we're having to go up against. Or they could have only won one game against Central Arkansas and they look like a, a whip puppy dog and, we run all over them. You just don't know. That's, that's, that's kind of, you know, they're, they're a, they're a well, kind of reverse. That's kind of reverse of what it's been in the past, right? Haven't they always caught us on like a really good end where normally like we're playing there yeah. after like a short week or something, they have a bye. I feel like that's been the case recently. If we lose to Louisiana, this should be the game that kind of gets us back in on track and get us back in our winning race. Yeah, for sure. So, again, I mean, I, the theme here, too, is, I mean, we're playing the toughest slate at home. You know, like, yes, we have a really tough schedule, especially in the Sun Belt, but, like, we play the best teams at home outside of App State, right, um, in the final game of the season. But, I mean, that, that's that's really, if, if you're going to have this slate, that's the best you can ask for, to have Louisiana, Arkansas State, Georgia State, Coastal, um, yeah, all at home. Uh, so 
from that, let's go to the road. Um, so after that two-game stretch at, at Paulson, um, go to the road. Again, talking about wild cards, if there were, you know, if Arkansas State's the wild card of the West, wild card in the East is Detroit Trojans. So, you know, this is a team that we've been talking about every year that, like, maybe this is the year, maybe this is the year. Um, obviously, didn't have it last year, finished at 5-6. and six. Uh, it's their third year under Chip Lindsey. Obviously, he's a well-decorated coach um, at, the, at the FCS level, right? Um, hasn't quite gotten over that threshold. But look, we were saying the same thing about Chadwell, right, at, at Coastal. Look at what they did last year. So, again, I, I feel like they're kind of a wild card of, like, this could be a team that could also put in a 5-6 win season, um, or they could – potentially be that newcomer and 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 contend in the east um but uh but yeah i mean talking about schedule they got an interesting one um you know starting at southern um in fcs school probably a win right at home then they host liberty uh they go to southern miss they go to ulm and they go to south carolina so facing sec opponent on uh, the tail end of a three-game road stretch uh, before hosting us. So that's going to be interesting, Cody. Yeah, again, three-game road trip for them. They end it with an SEC team. Um, you would think with an SEC team they may be beat up, but at South Carolina, you don't really know what you're going to get with South Carolina this year. Um, they could be historically bad. Uh, so they should come in, or, or we should go to their place. Um we we don't we have not played well at Troy, in quite a while. Um, look back at 2017 when Lunsford that was like I think that was Lunsford's first game as interim. Um, we had played better obviously than the week before against UMass, but we still got smoked by by Troy. Um, go back to uh, 2019, and we got obliterated by Troy, um, one of our worst performances of the year. So historically speaking, the last few times we've been there, last couple of times we've been there, we have not played well. Uh, this this is going to be a proving game right here. You know, if we can come out and play well, win this game, take care of business, we beat them last year. Uh, again, defense won us that game. We did just enough offense to win. If defense can play just as well um, as what we're hoping for with the improvement under Ruse, which is what we're all kind of assuming here and hoping for, then we should should we we should win this football game. Um, but. They do have a uh, transfer coming in at quarterback. They should be much better yeah, at that position. Missouri, yep. Um, than what they were last year. And, uh, again, Chip Lindsey's third year. I don't think he was a head coach at the FCS level. I think he's always just been like a, a coordinator. Moved his way up through the through the ranks. Of, oh, I thought he was at – was he not at Central Arkansas? Uh, no? no, that was Steve Campbell. That was oh, who okay. was South Alabama who got fired. Gotcha, um, gotcha. But, no uh, – Regardless of the situation, Chip Lindsey's more of an offensive-minded coach. He'll look to have that offense improved. And, uh, again, I can't I can't read this game just yet. Obviously, we'll have a few games to look at, Troy, when we get to uh, that preview in October. Uh, but right now, looking at what we know, I think this is, this is very much a winnable game. It's a winnable game. It's a toss-up for sure. I mean, I think that in Oregon State – or kind of your your question marks on the schedule could go either way, um, but yeah, I mean obviously we'll have more clarity um, as as we play it out. But um, yeah, it's 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 
I, I think the transfer from Missouri is going to be big. Um, it's it's one of those things that I think, just like the Willie They Tiger still have thing, that stud right? linebacker yeah. that makes, like, all their tackles. Yes. Yeah. Yep. Who will yep. be defensive so, player of the year. I mean, he's just he's just really great. Nothing against our guys. You know, C.J. Wright, Derek King team will be in that conversation, no doubt. But that linebacker from Troy is fantastic. Uh, Carlton Marshall. Yes. I believe. Yes. Yeah, 126 tackles. 126. <laughs> that's that's insane yeah um so yeah uh you know he he's gonna be all over the place he'll certainly probably be playing on sundays um but yeah so that, that that's to look out for and again I, I think it comes down to roost and that how offensively how we attack that defense um you know run the opposite direction of that guy um but <laughs> yeah. <laughs> there you go words of wisdom Roos. Man, we got um, it we got the game plan figured out we got it we got it <laughs> You can take it. Take Monday off. Um, <laughs> so, so uh, moving moving on, keeping it on the road. Uh, South Alabama, October fourteenth. So Short this week. is a Thursday night. Short week, Thursday night game. Um, only uh, midweek or you know during during the week game of the season, uh, which is notable. I, I believe that's our first time ever having that. I think we've always had two, um, but if, if not, it's it's definitely the first time we've ever had, uh, what, five, um, or is it five or six uh, uh, home Saturday games? Yeah, so, six. Yeah, we have six issues. Yeah, six, six home Saturday games. So that's that's a record since being an FBS by far. No, we had seven last um, year. Did we have seven last yeah. Oh, we did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. All right. All right, well, look at me. Big, um, big shout out to to the AD for getting that set up for us. Right. So anyway, um, but obviously we're 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 used to, I guess, before last year, right, of having those Thursday night, Wednesday night games. Um, usually hosting them. Um, now going on the road, South Alabama. We have played South Alabama um, on a Thursday night, I believe, before uh, in in Mobile. Uh, we always struggle with them, um, but we are seven and zero against them, right? So it's 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 one of those situations that like is you know every it's a nail biter every time we play this team, but we always come out on top. Whether it's you know three overtimes or just like we turn the ball over several times, it's just ugly, ugly, ugly. We find ways to win. Yeah, that is not going to be the case this year. We cannot play the way we have against this team and expect to win this year with Kane Womack coming in former DC um, at South Alabama, former DC came from Indiana, obviously a part of their big part of their turnaround as uh, you know, a, a premier program within the big 10. And uh, you know, this guy is passionate and like he coaches the right way. He reminds you the, the head coach right at, um, at Indiana like he you just want to play for him like he just has that energy and i think he's going to bring a new energy a new excitement to south alabama yes it will take a couple years to get them where you know he wants them to be um but this is a team you cannot take for granted i mean of course we certainly couldn't in 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 the past that we've played them um but but this this to me is our trap game and it's you know it's 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 one that we not only could lose but we could lose by a couple scores if we're not careful. Yeah, uh, typically the Sun Belt will not try to ha- or have a team go back to back road games, especially when they have a the short week on that on that second game. 
Um, but that's not the case this year. Scheduling, I guess, didn't didn't work out for us. So to have uh, back-to-back Alabama games um, is going to be tough. It just is. And to have a short week on the road is tough, period. It's never an easy game. Um, this is the game I'm really, really concerned about. As far as if you're going to ask me, is there a team that you look at right now that we should beat, that we may lose to, this is the game. This is the game simply for the fact of the short week and it's a road game. Um, they have Major Applewhite as their offense coordinator. They have the transfer from South Carolina, who was at Utah, was his name, uh, Brent, uh, Bentley. Uh, they should be very, very uh, aggressive. They should be very uh, tough to defend when it comes to their offense. So this should be a very big concern for us. Uh, we should not overlook it, and uh, we could very easily get tripped up in this game. I mean, yeah, I, I, I would, ju- I would just warn, I guess, the fans, right, for a warning. If we lose that, don't, don't freak out, because I mean, this, this is a good team. I, th- I honestly think you give it two or three years, and they're going to be very, very competitive in the West. Um, I, I really do. They got the new stadium, great facilities there. Obviously, recruiting hotbed. They I think set themselves Kane, up for Kane success. Kane Womack is, I think he's the guy to lead this program. I think, you know, you're talking about a very young program. Like, like people still say that we're a young program. This is this is a team that, you know, moved up, what, in the 90s, I believe, and, and moved up fairly quickly, but never really had any semblance of su- success. I think they are as well positioned now as they ever have been, right, to finally breakthrough um and 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 make some noise and i yeah i i think kane womack's the guy to do it and um you know again i'm not saying that they're necessarily gonna in any way like compete with louisiana this year and win the west um but they are going to be a trap game for basically any team they play um you know it, it, it it's it's one of those toss-up situations so um yeah it's it, it does not set up well for us at all uh we've gotta come ready and no matter what happens before this game, um, otherwise we are going to come home with a loss. Yeah, I would say this. The one thing that bodes in our favor is that they probably play the one team in our conference that has the most, um, the complete opposite offense than what we do in Texas State the week before. So they're going from yeah. Spavadol's, you know, spread it air out, raid. air raid, throw it all over the place offense to Ruse's triple option RPO tile, um, style of offense. So... Again, that's going to be a short week for them as well. If they haven't prepped for it or done any sort of uh, practice on it during spring or fall camp, and they try to do it within those two or three week or two or three days, um, our offense should have its way with them. Yeah, yeah, I agree with that. So moving on, come back home, cover to Paulson Stadium in bye a week. must-win game. Yeah, bye week. Yeah, so following that, much-needed bye week. Um, get some rest, which is key here, because it's These a must-win last game. Five games are, yeah, yeah, it's brutal. They, you you talk you talk about a gauntlet. We're about to enter it. So October thirtieth, return home to Paulson Stadium against Georgia State, and homecoming. This is a team. It's homecoming, and it's a team that we have lost to three straight times. Right? No, no, we haven't no, lost two straight times. Mm, we lost to them. Lost the last two years. Have we? Okay. We have. Um, and they they own the record on us now. And it just, 
we it's just a must win. I, I mean it, that we can't. I believe they own us at Paulson right now. They have a winning record against us at Paulson. I think they're the only team in the Sun Belt with that. Um, and it's just no. We, we beat them we in got, 2019. Did we beat them in 2019? Yeah. Yeah. All right. Let me look at. It. Yeah, I was there. Yeah, we beat them in 2019. We beat them in 2018 and in 2019. They beat us last year. Okay. Yeah, you're right. Shouldn't have beat us. We had the flipping lead. Man. All right. Yeah, go ahead. Sorry. No, you're fine. Um, I should have done my research. Uh, That's why I'm here. But, but they, That's why it's well, not a one-man right, show. Right. Well, hey, hey. <laughs> Stats are for losers, Kenny. <laughs> um, so the uh, again they, they they do they do have they do have the lead on us in 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 the series right um and we we've we've got a we we, we just, it, again it's a must win i just i i see this game um we can't lose to them again maybe maybe the stat i was looking for was that they've They've beaten us more times. I don't know. There was something that they like beaten us more times at Paul's because obviously the Fritz year they beat us when he left. It's so fifteen. Um, they beat us in seventeen. Yeah, I think they're 17. I think they're two and one at, at Paulson against us. So two and one. I mean, we we've got to even that, right? Yeah. I mean, like that. So so we've talked anyway. about this earlier. This is the game that no matter what our record is going into it, Lunsford has got to win this game. Yeah, it's it's in, it's imperative. Obviously, if you go in undefeated, it makes it a little easier to digest if you lose. But if we've got a couple losses, especially a couple Sunbelt losses at this point, they're already kind of out of the conversation of the conference championship, and you lose this game, that's yeah, I mean that's big. tough sledding. Yeah, yeah. So, um, yeah, I mean, you know, six and four team last year. This is a team that if you listen to. These other podcasts out there, and, <laughs> and 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 read other things. I mean, you know, they're they're the next hot ticket, and and they're the you know the the team to beat. And look out, they're going to be the next coastal, and you know they're they're going to contend with with App and everybody. They have, for, they have eleven offensive starters returning. They do, they do. Just like again, it's a theme. It's a theme across the conference, but but they do. They they, they return the quarterback. Um, you know, in uh. Cornelius Brown, um, and the dude's a stud. I mean, the dude's really good. I mean, he's probably the best they've had. Um, and you know, I I think and 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 what uh, he was a yeah, he's a redshirt freshman. Um, he's, so he's turnover prone and he has accuracy issues. Yeah. So we'll see how that trends throughout the season. But those are two things that are very difficult for quarterbacks to to overcome. Um. Accuracy is not some accuracy is not something that you just can correct overnight, um, and we'll see how we'll see how that plays out during this season. I yeah, fifty nine fifty nine percent he threw for two thousand two hundred seventy eight yards. Yeah, again, we'll see how he does. Yeah. Their running game should be strong. They have a strong offensive line. Um, I think again, this is a game that when you when we when we go back and look at it. From last year is a game that we felt like lit slip from our hands. We shouldn't have lost the game last year. We had it in control for pretty much three quarters, and then we let it get away. Um, we have, I think, to just kind of reiterate your point. This is just a game we just have to win. Find a way and do it, and then move on. Yeah, yeah, basically. I mean, we we can sit here and talk about like their 
their starters and all this kind of stuff. But I mean, it's, yeah, we just got to find out every, every year. It seems like, I mean, outside of the summer's years, right. Every, every year, like it's, it's, it's a dog fight. It's a, or it's, it's either a dog fight or it's a game that we're leading handily. Um, and we just got to get back to that yep. point of, of right. And so, yeah. All right. So moving on, um, keeping it at home, uh, you know, arguably biggest game home game uh you know you can argue louisiana coastal coastal is higher ranked right now going into the preseason or um or in the preseason but uh november 6th coastal carolina uh you know again surprise darling meteor darling last year um you know another game that we were very much in obviously covid issues their quarter their you know grayson mccall their star quarterback um, player of the year in the Sun Belt, um, preseason player of the year this year in the Sun Belt. Um, he was out of that game, um, so that's obviously notable. Uh, but yeah, I mean th- this is another one, and that you know that of course was up there. Um, so this this is a game that you know depending on where we're at, you know, with quarterback play and defense and everything and just like all the games lead into it i mean again it's a toss-up i hate to sound like a broken record um but it's a winnable game it is i i think this is a winnable game um but it's gonna be it's gonna be tough i mean even when they were you know not you know scratching or barely scratching um making a bowl game these games were always a dogfight sometimes so like you know it's it's gonna be I think it's going to be that. I think this is going to be a t- uh, like a close game that's going to go down to the wire. Yeah, it's at home. That's huge for us. Um, Coastal's getting a lot of attention, deservingly so. Uh, to to talk about Coastal for just a minute, we have to remember a few things about, that was a huge reason to their success that a lot of people aren't talking about. They got in all 15 spring practices last year before COVID which was really unheard of. I don't. I think most I've heard from the majority of teams is around six or eight. Some teams didn't even get any in. Um, but they get all 15 spring practices in, which is huge, especially when you have a new starting quarterback and you're trying to get your offense semi-installed or at least get the understanding of what you need to do and and kind of get your, get your foundation set for when you get into fall camp. Um, I think that's a huge reason for their success last year. Um, it gave them a leg up on just on just about everybody that they played. Uh, now to take away from their athletes and, and what they have there, and you know they still put into work and they still went out and won the in the games. But this year it's a much even playing field. I don't think anybody's going to be surprised by them this year. Obviously, right. um, I don't think they come into the game undefeated, and I still mm-hmm. think this game is going to be a game that is very important as to who wins the division. Uh, How many losses do they come in with? Oh, hold on. Hold on. Let me let me find their schedule yeah, real I, quick. Because I'm sitting here looking at it. I'm like, so they play App State two games before us. Obviously, um, the App State game is, is a game that they Yeah, they play they at get. App State on October 20th. So... <clears throat> I mean, again, we've said it multiple times on this podcast. You talk about so, you cannot craft an easier is, schedule this is what I'm than what say, they have. And you're gonna think I'm crazy, but Troy could very well beat them. Now they could. Now the reason why I say Troy is because Troy nearly beat them last year, and Troy comes off a bye and plays them this year. So again, 
App State, a lot of people are circling that game, saying that's the game that they're going to lose. App is off a bye, too. Yeah, App yeah. is off a bye. They're going to circle that one. Um, they're saying App's going to be the team that gets them. Look out for Troy. Troy so they could them. potentially come in with back-to-back losses. It could very well be. It's, After it, being undefeated and probably, like, a, at yes. that point, top 15 if, team. Yeah, and if they come in off of back-to-back losses, you may start to see the the – foundations crack within that team you may get the finger pointing you may get the frustration coming out you um, get that or you get a really pissed off team true that wants to just like make a you know so so that's going to be interesting to see like i think that's the theme that we're going through here is like not just like you know not just what the team has that we're playing right but like when we get them in the season and what they have coming up and and, and leading up to it right um, and, and with this one, again, we've talked about how easy their schedule is. They get a bye October 16th. This is their schedule going into that bye. They host the Citadel. They host Kansas. They go to Buffalo. They host UMass. They host ULM. And then they go to Arkansas State. So, I mean, they easily could be 6 and they 0 going into, going into that bye. And, 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 you know, you start the season at, what, 23rd in the nation – um, Louisiana right now at 24. Um, so you're thinking they're probably they're a top 20 team at least, um, possibly a top 15 team. And unless they're just barely beating these teams, if they're just barely beating these teams, unless yes, correct, I would say correct. that they're probably not going to be ranked. Yeah, yeah. I I don't think they would lose the ranking. I don't think they would lose the ranking uh, if they're six and zero. If they started 23, if they started 23. And they they started six and zero. I think they're probably still twenty three to twenty five. Um, Depends on but, how close that UMass game is. <laughs> true or Kansas. Yeah. Um, <laughs> who, who would who would think that? But but yeah, I mean, so so then you get the bye, and then yeah, but then you get App State. But they're also coming off of a bye. So you got two teams coming off of a bye, but they go to to Boone, um, and then they host Troy. So you're right. Like the wheels could. If not fall well, off, like well get could, get really wobbly. App. Think they're invincible, and or think they're yeah, invincible, and then and then Troy's a trap game, and bam, you know Troy yeah. Troy puts them in the mouth. And again, I don't know what what sets us up best. Is it is it for us to be that Troy and for them to come in what eight and zero? Them come in eight and zero, and at that point, and they're being App State and Troy, no matter how what Troy and App State are doing at that point. They are easily a top fifteen team, um, and you know, yeah. depending on where we're at, you know, is that better for us to like sneak up, mm-hmm. or are they coming in after two losses and they're pissed off and they want to take it, take out their aggression? I don't know. So that's that's bless you. That's gonna be um, that's gonna be the key, I think, here. You know, but um, obviously, all we can do, you know, control the controllables. Um, again, get them at home is 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 the key here. I think you know. We gave them game last year. I think we can do it this year. Um, and, you know, we, we know Chadwell. We know kind of what he's going to try to do. He knows what we're going to do. And um, I think it's going to be – this is going to be just like a smash-mouth game. Yeah. Uh, you know, um, obviously Silas Kelly, uh, you know, they're, they're key on, on defense uh, oh, as well as uh, Teddy Gallagher um, Sr. And then uh, Grayson McCall, as we mentioned before, um, you know, preseason Sunbelt Player of the Year, last year Sunbelt Player of the Year, Offensive Player of the Year, um, just a, you know, a redshirt freshman. Um, and, yeah, I mean, the kid's great. I mean, the kid, the kid's a stud. Um, you know, he uh, 
almost 2,500 yards passing, almost 600 yards rushing. Um, you know, he's, he's going to be tough to stop. Uh, obviously, the key on their offense, their big loss was uh, Marble, their, uh, their, their running back. Yeah, but who they have replaced him was pretty good, too. Um, yeah, yeah. I will say this. First of all, you may have heard Matt say bless you. Um, I actually muted the mic and, and sneezed, oh. so nobody, oh, so nobody heard that. Um, that makes that makes my <laughs> editing life way easier. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then uh, second, Coastal is on November sixth. It seems like after Halloween, this is when the schedule gets really tough for Lunsford and company. Um, obviously, eighteen and nineteen, the wheels kind of fell off a little bit. We had ourselves positioned nicely to win the division and go into a conference championship, and we didn't make that happen. It will be interesting to see if we're in the same position this year after the Georgia State game, and we come in, or not come in, but Coastal comes down, and how do we respond? Are we ready, prepared, understand the lessons that we had from the previous seasons, and and we come out and play them competitively and we win? Or do we make the same mistakes? And this is what we alluded to, I think, was it the, either the, I think it was the first episode that we had in which we said the key for Lunsford this season is finishing. Not just finishing each individual game. Obviously, we had a lot of games that we lost last year that if we'd have finished, we'd have won. And goodness, we could have been, you know, 10 win, 11 win team last year. Um, but also finishing the season. If they're in a position to where they can win the division and they just have to close it out by winning these tough games that they have in November, can they do it? Yeah. That is that is the question this season. That, I think, is the most important thing as far as what Jared Binko is going to sit here and evaluate at the end of the season is, do I see Lunsford and company improving each and every season or do I see them just stuck in a rut and is the fan base going to be okay with seeing for a third time be in a position to win the East and not doing it? Right. Yeah. Those, those trends. I mean, in and it's 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 tough to buck that trend when the slate is so hard, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, mm-hmm. <laughs> like it's. So, so, I mean, yes, the the deck is stacked against Lonsford. There's no question about it. I mean, the whole season, of course, but certainly in November, um, with you know Coastal, Texas State, which we'll talk about here in a minute, home against uh, BYU, and then going up to Boone against App State. I mean, you can't talk. I mean, uh, we haven't had probably a tougher November um, than that since being FBS, uh, but that. Uh, yeah, at this point, dealt. I just don't think it's an excuse. Yeah, it's cards you're dealt, um, and and you're right that that is going to be the key here. So it's going to be how we enter November. Um, you know, I mean, they, you yeah. know, uh, and then if we are in good shape, good position, entering November, how we finish it. Yeah. So um, with that, let's move back to the road. November thirteenth, Texas State. Talk about a team that we've struggled with. Um, in the past, but have a good record against, right? Like South Alabama, um, certainly always struggle with them there. Um, always come out kind of flat, uh, slow, um, even dating back to the Fritz years, uh, you know, did did that. I think the one time that we we went to San Marcos, I believe it was 14, 
uh, my, I think it was 14. 14. Um, yeah. And, uh, and, and came out really flat and ended up winning that game, um, pretty easily. But, um, yeah. So, you know, this, this is a team with, uh, Jake's Pavital that, you know, like, like we were talking about with K Womack at South Alabama. Of course, he's been there several years now. Um, it's one of those teams that, you know, they have the facilities, they have the recruiting hotbed. Um, everyone thinks they're finally going to take that leap and they never do. Um, could this be the year? I don't know. Um, they love the transfer portal, <laughs> or Spavadol does. Uh, they've got a ton of guys from the, the, the transfer portal. They kind of rely on that. And, um, uh, yeah, they're, they're always, again, they're, they're a toss-up. They just are. And, um, you know, I, if, if I had to see this team, I'd rather see them at home than on the road because uh, I think this is our second trap game. And, you know, especially – uh, if if we come into this game, one you know undefeated or or just with one or two losses, um, you know if if we if we beat stay if you know if we survive South Alabama if we beat stay if we beat Coastal, um, especially if they're ranked right, um, that's going to be that November game of how do we respond? You know we we've seen us beat a ranked App State team twice, right? And then we go and lay an egg. Yep. Are we going to lay an egg in San Marcos, Texas? If we come to this game with a win against Coastal, that's that's the million dollar question. I mean, this team last year should not have been a two and ten team. They literally should have about three or four more wins under their belt. Um, they were they were that close to being over the hill, uh, and I think they get there this year. I think they're going to be a much tougher team to play. Um, it's going to be Anse Marcos. Uh, historically, when we go out there, it is always a dog fight. And we don't ever really play that well. I hear they have a better river. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but it ain't beautiful, Matt. It's not beautiful. It's not beautiful. It uh, has it has no uh, no legend behind it. Either. Exactly. No tradition. Uh, let's see. Just kind of looking at who they get before us. Uh, they play ULM the week before, and they go to Coastal the week after. So we're their senior night. Um, so they're going to kind of be amped for that. Um, as you said, it's they, they lived by the transfer portal this year. I think the main reason for that is that if they didn't, they were going to have a very, very young and inexperienced team, which going into this 2021 20, season, uh, you don't want to have, considering that just about every team has about 70%, if not more, of their production returning. So went out, brought in a whole bunch of kids via the transfer portal. I think they even got a defensive end from us. Uh, that is now over there, and we'll see how it plays out for them. Um, you know, we'll see if they that helps them improve and puts them in a in a better position to win, or if they just have an issue with congealing and 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 building that team unity, and uh, it it flops. Probably by the time yep. they get to us, we'll know for sure one way or the other how that looks. And uh, I, I will say this, with it being senior night, I think you kind of throw out whatever happens probably out the window. The kids are going to be amped for that game. They're going to want their last game yeah. to be a victory. They're going to play with yep. some emotion behind it, regardless of how their season's going. It's going to be a tough game. It's a trap game, yeah. I, I honestly think this is one of those situations where it's more dangerous if they don't take that next step. Right, like if if they are having, yeah, just have you know, nothing another, to lose. Yeah, yeah, nothing to lose. If they're having another just like two or, or three win season, 
and they come to this and they're like, let's put it all in, right? I mean, I, I think that's a dangerous well, that's like team. That's how we were. Where, when we played Troy where, back in 16. Yeah. Yeah, right. Just give it, give it everything you got. You're, you're either you're either believe in Jake Spavadol, right, and you're playing for his job, maybe, um, and maybe it's too late at that point. I don't know because again, what his uh, his uh, third year, so it's the third year. I mean, if if they're really at two wins at that point, maybe not, but like too little, too late. But but again, maybe. So um, you've got that aspect, but I don't know. I I feel like if you're that's a more dangerous team. Either they're like super competitive and you take them seriously, or they're like a one-two win team with nothing to lose, and that's dangerous. If they're like a coastal before last year, where they're like hovering around like five games, I think that's actually better. Or, or, or five five wins, I think that's actually better because it's kind of like okay, they're they're mediocre at best, and then we go in, we take care of business and beat them. Um, but, but yeah, I, I, I think, I think if they come in and it's, it's like par for the course of what they've been doing the last couple of years, you get that senior night, you get that extra level of energy, um, and with, with probably a big senior class, right. Um, that, that could be a recipe for disaster. Yep. Yeah. So, all right, cool. So going from that November 20th, return home to Paulson stadium, I think easily, biggest brand non-conference biggest brand that's a good point yeah that's a, that's a good way to put it biggest brand biggest non-conference opponent to ever visit paulson at least in the fbs era um and arguably just biggest opponent to ever visit yeah. paulson stadium i mean i i think i mean you're talking about a former national champion, yep. not at the FCS level, not the one AA level, a former national champion, uh, one with what uh, several Heisman Trophy winners, yep. right? Um, and I mean, yes, we're we're talking like '80s here, but I mean, this this is this is a team BYU, um, you know, is is uh, obviously they they have the history, they have the legacy, um, but. They're, they're a really good team. I mean, you have last year, yes, they lose Zach Wilson. Um, that's obviously the big storyline there, right? Um, but that coach they've got, he's a good one. And, you know, um, it's, it's going to be, I mean, you know, them them coming down short notice playing Coastal in Conway last year, uh, game of the year, um, you know, easily. And, you know, I, I don't know, like, can, can we – can we match that? Can we do that? Um, you know, depending on where we're at in the season at this point and where they're at, um, you know, can they rebound from losing Zach Wilson? This could either be a marquee matchup. I mean, this could be a, you know, college game day type, you know, atmosphere and, and, uh, and draw. Um, or it could be completely under the radar and like no one cares and it's on ESPN three. Um, you know, so, I mean, it it could, I mean, there's, there's no TV set to it right now. Um, I mean, this could be like an ABC or main ESPN matchup, or it could be streaming only, um, because we just, we don't really know where either team is going to be at this point of the season. Um, one of of the uh, few teams that will have, uh, a lower returning production, uh, than us, uh, lost their main quarterback, like you just said. Lost a few other players on defense. Um, we'll replace a lot. Uh, 
I wish we could play this team earlier in the season because I think that would be better. Because uh, by the time they get to us in November uh, 1, they'll be well entrenched and they'll be, you know, they won't be freshmen. They won't be, you know, new starters anymore. They'll be 10, 11 games into it. And then on top of that, their schedule gets really easy after Halloween, right? They November the 6th, they play Idaho State, which I didn't even know there was an Idaho State football team. And then they yeah, have they're a, like the the Tigers or something. Yeah. And then they have I right. uh, have no idea. And then they have I don't I don't know what Idaho State. I, and then they have a bye week before us, and then they get us. So essentially, after they play Virginia on October thirtieth, they get uh, the Idaho High School All Stars, and then they get a bye week, and then they get us, and then they go on to Southern Cal to play their last game of the season. So I don't know. I don't know how I feel about this game. Part of me says they could overlook us and they look at Southern Cal. Part of me says they'll have a week of prep for our offense, and that's going to be tough. Part of me is like it's a long road trip for them, so that'll work in their mm. their disadvantage. Um, you know, this is I, to me the interesting thing about this is that this is the biggest brand. Yes. We should have a pretty large. It's crowd a recon- yeah. It's a recognizable name, and it may yes. actually be the first time in which an away school really comes in and may may be louder than our home fans. That which is, has never been the case, and there's been no other school that could even come close. But BYU, oh, they I don't, I, I don't know. According to the message boards, rumors is they're buying up a whole bunch of tickets. Maybe um, and their fans I mean, they, they, well. you're 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 talk. They do. I mean, you're talking about like you saw Liberty right in the Cure Bowl a couple of years ago. Obviously, on a much smaller scale. But Liberty they're is much. They're is much newer. No, they're much newer. newer. They want to get. They want to get to BYU, and eventually they want to get to like a Notre Dame, right? BYU somewhere in between, like those, right? They're 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 somewhere in between like a Liberty and a Notre Dame, but but they certainly have that name recognition, um, and they. It, 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 and, and but the 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 thing that all three of those schools have in common is they have alumni everywhere. Yeah, everywhere, including Liberty. I mean, li, li, you know, li, Liberty they're, they're a huge online school, and is that going to bring like is that going to translate to football fans? Not necessarily, but BYU obviously staying power. They've they've been around for a long time, just like Notre Dame, um, and they've got alumni in all fifty states everywhere you turn you know you, you've got it so like yes rest assured there are plenty of BYU fans in the state of Georgia there are plenty of BYU fans like in surrounding states that you know in driving distance and then there's the you know the diehards like like a lot of Georgia Southern fans that are gonna take a longer you know road trip or you know take a flight um, and, and and get to Statesboro for that game. So you're right about that. Um, but I, I don't know about being louder. Uh, you know, I might disagree with you there. Because, um, again, I think we're going to bring – I mean, yes, they're buying up a lot of tickets, but um, I just I, – I think because of the brand recognition, I think the students – again, it's really going to depend on where we're at yeah, in the season. Yeah, it'll depend. Right? At I that mean, point, it'll depend on if we're, if we're if we got six wins, then yeah, they're gonna be louder. They're gonna be more people. They're gonna like buy up other tickets. You know, um, like you know, season ticket holders are gonna put it on StubHub, and we're gonna have BYU fans sitting in like the the home side. You know, um, but if we're if we're competing and you know 
if if we're ranked or if we're close to that or you know um if if we're around nine you know nine wins eight nine wins at that point of the season um i think it should be a, that place is going to be, be rocking yeah it should it'll be a very uh fun environment to play in for sure um idaho state they're the Bengals. Um, so I was partly right They're they're They are tigers. Just they're the Bengals, Bengals tigers. Um, so yeah, but FCS opponent anyway. And, uh, yeah, you're right. So, so, so getting them after that, it's going to be hard. Uh, yeah. With, with Baylor and Washington state, Virginia, and then, uh, they end the season against USC, um, going to Los Angeles, um, after, after Statesboro. So, I mean, that's, you, you, you talk about cross country. Um, <laughs> going, going to Georgia, coastal Georgia, back to too, Utah and then, and then go to LA. Yeah, man. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, uh, yeah, going to be interesting. Going to be fun. I hope, I hope that game matters. I hope that's a fun game. Yes. It's non-conference. Yes. In the grand scheme of things, it doesn't, it's not going to weigh into some belt, um, and, and our hopes and dreams there. But, you know, I, I hope this game means something more than just like, you know, like we said with Texas State, like like we're we're out of everything. Like we're just looking for like some some vote of confidence, something. Yeah. But you know, like I I, I hope this is a, a fun atmosphere, a fun game, um, and I think it does have the potential to be. So, yep. um, going from that final game of the season, regular season, uh, November twenty seventh, se- second time in the year this ha- or se- second time in history this has happened including the FCS days, we face App State, um, final game of the season. Uh, we go up there in Boone. And we will be there. And we will be there. Have you Super got the, have you got the Airbnb yet? I've not gotten the Airbnb yet. No, because I need, I need the third party of our crew to uh, <laughs> to, to respond. But anyway, we're, we're getting into <laughs> To personal talk now, but but yes, we will be there. Um, flags are flying, uh, navy blue wearing, um, you know, probably drinking, <laughs> um, <laughs> and uh, having a good time. And and yeah, I mean, uh, you know, looking forward to to seeing some of the the App State guys, maybe like black and gold, uh, black and gold podcast, and um, people like that. But you know, been up to Boone a couple times. Um, in non-football uh trips and uh you know it, it is it's a neat area um it is pretty up there um it's not the rocky mountains but <laughs> but it's uh but but yeah it's, it's it's a cool area really looking forward always i mean been been a bucket list uh to, to go up there and see a game at the rock um really looking forward to it um obviously super tough place to play even harder place to play in late november um, yeah. but really excited about continuing this trend here of, of playing our, our true rival or our rival on the last game of the season. Um, and I'm hoping as we've kind of alluded to in previous episodes that, and just like I said, would be why you, this game means something that, you know, last year was the first year really since being FBS members where the game ultimately didn't matter that much obviously bowl like selection and position and that kind of stuff but um you know we were both out of the race of of sunbelt in every year but last year that game always meant something it was either 
them vying for something and us playing spoiler, um, us vying for something and them playing, you know, like, or, or, or both of us in the hunt. So, um, now that's the last game of the season. I'm hoping that we're, we are both in the hunt. Like it, what, what a great environment with even, even being up there in Boone, would that be for us for that basically to be the, uh, Sunbelt East championship? Yeah, that would be huge. Um, tough place to play. Uh, Obviously, a bitter, bitter rivalry. Uh, one in which uh, it seems like the underdog always, <laughs> always kind of comes out ahead on that game. Um, yeah. So that's a game. Do in you which... think they were the underdog last year, though? Uh, see, um, last year was kind of a toss up. Yeah. I'd say we were like kind of they. They, I would say. I think betting wise, we were. Yeah, they we gave not. The yeah, yeah, they gave app. And but they won. Yeah, yeah, they won. Yeah, but but you know the couple of years before. Yeah, we were right. That's what I'm saying. Even. Last year was an anomaly. Yeah. yeah. So and then you look at 2010. They were the number one team. We beat them then. So you can kind of look at certain years and say, oh, this team should have been heavily favored and win, but they didn't. Um, mm. Not every year, but it it happens more than what you'd see in a normal. Uh, rivalry or a normal uh, division opponent. Um, this is going to be interesting. This App State team, I think a lot of people are just kind of saying they're going to be good because they're App State. Uh, but they have a big question mark, a quarterback. They have the transfer quarterback coming in, uh, started at Duke. Clemson, then transferred to Duke. Uh, did not have a very good year last year at Duke uh, and is jumping over on the train. Uh, to go a little bit further deeper into the Carolinas, over to App State. So we'll see how he handles it there. Uh, obviously, they're going to have a great running attack. They have a new OC. Uh, we'll see how that kind of plays into the mix there. Um, somebody under the Satterfield tree was at App under Satterfield, went to Louisville. Now he's come back to be the OC here uh, at App. And so, again, they have weapons. The running backs are deep. They have Corey Sutton and I think the majority of that wide receiver crew is coming back. So yep. the weapons are there. It's only returned seven offensive starters, so so that, that's one it's, one less. It's pretty than much us, so yeah. Notable. It's pretty much their. It's pretty much their weapons, and I think they return either two or three offensive linemen. Um, yeah, but still, they should be relatively competitive. It's kind of like us. What kind of quarter quarterback play? Are they going to get? If they get good quarterback play, they'll be really good. If they don't, they could stumble a little bit. So that'll be that'll be mindful to to see how that plays out during the season. Yeah, and I th- I think their defense too. I mean, right? I mean, like last last year, um, you know, they they gave up a, a good amount of points, but like the uh, I don't know. I mean, I I think. I think seeing that too of how they put all that together, um, I don't know. I mean, you know, obviously we've it's it's always a toss up recently when we go up there, um, but yeah, I, I, it's 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 just completely completely up in there. Um, yeah, we'll find but, out real quick how good they are when they play Miami week two. Yeah. Yeah, and that's gonna be that's gonna be a key. I mean, like the first two weeks of the season could be really big for the Sun Belt. Obviously, Louisiana playing Texas. And I think in what week three maybe is is when Coastal plays 
Kansas beat them like a third year in a row, I think, or something. Um, and uh, but uh, but yeah, then you've got uh, Miami. You've got um, yeah, Upstate Miami. You've got I believe ULM is playing like Kentucky, maybe. ULM has um, I think quite a few Power Five. Yeah, which don't be shocked if, if something like that happens. I'm just saying, I'm throwing it out there. I'm not saying that they're going to have a complete turnaround season, but don't be shocked if they, like, pull out a miracle and, like, beat a Kentucky or something like that. All right, that. so but, ULM is at Kentucky to open the season, and then they get yeah. LSU. Yeah, Jeez. well, that's that's a loss. Good Yeah, Lord. that's they, a loss. ULM ends the season at LSU and at Louisiana. Yeah. That poor team. Okay, but um, but I'm telling I'm telling you, Kentucky. Like I I I could only imagine. I I, no, I take the spread on no, that. No, no. Look, Terry Bowden and Rich Rodriguez, they may they may turn it the ship around, but they're not going to turn the ship around that quickly. I mean, I don't. Again, I don't think that you don't have to necessarily turn the ship around that quickly to say. I mean, it's the first game for everybody, right? So I mean, if 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 Kentucky just comes out flat and not ready i'm not saying that they're gonna like blow them out of the water i'm saying it could be like an app state michigan situation where it's just like everything the ball bounces the right way they get a block kick or something you know and and they end up winning that game like don't be surprised and again and also don't be surprised if they get beat by four touchdowns <laughs> but, but hedge my bets um uh, but 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 don't like, be surprised it's, it's, if they win. Don't be surprised if they get if they lose if by they fifty. Lose. <laughs> <laughs> it can it's go either though. way. <laughs> it could. It could. Yeah, there, there's no way to tell like what's going to happen with the ULM team. Like like I, I think you, obviously we don't play them this year. That I mean that that's another example of like a Texas State or um, or South that like I would not want to face this year, especially on the road. Because like sooner or later, like again, they might only win. They they didn't win a game last year. They might only win two or three games. But who are those two or three wins going to come against? It's going to be somebody. Yeah. And like I don't want to be that team. And uh, yeah, so I, I don't know. Like anyway. their other out of conference um, games is Liberty and Jackson State. So yeah, they it's a tough do, schedule. Yeah, it's tough. That's a tough schedule because I mean, even your your Jackson State, they could lose that game. Yeah. Yeah. But, Dion. All right, so I think that kind of wraps up the. So we Gardner Webb. Yeah, I was gonna say, do you do you want to say like, do you see us in a bowl? Do you see us win, or do we just want to just go straight into Gardner Webb? Uh, sure. Um, so <laughs> does it answer the question? <laughs> no, it doesn't. Um, yeah, let's do it. Why not? Um, I, I, yeah, I mean, are we doing wins losses, or are we just doing in a bowl? Uh, yes, I see us in a bowl. Okay, I think we get in a bowl. I think we get. I think we get six or seven wins. Um, they're going to be like grinding out wins, but you know, it, again, going back to our conversation, and if you haven't listened to it, go back. Um, I believe it was the first episode when we answered the Twitter questions. Uh, we had one that asked, you know, is it some belt or bust for for Lunsford this year? And we both said no. Um, but I think with the caveat of like, look, we've got to see progress and, you know, six or seven wins wouldn't be progress, even with as tough as the schedule is. So that's, that's kind of my take. It's like, I think we could possibly, I think we get back to a bowl game. We possibly even win the bowl game. But if that is the case, I mean, don't, don't be surprised to possibly see a coaching change. I mean, like it, it, no, you know, if it, we get to a bowl game when we're not, no, no, mm, mm. If we're si- if we're if we're six and six, 
and we finish seven and six, you think everyone's going to be fine with that? I think. I mean, the fan base is not going to be fine with it, but we'll have to see how that plays out. Honestly, you do. If you're going to give that scenario, then my response is you're going to have to see how it plays out. But just I'm not saying that. I'm not saying that should happen. I'm just saying like yeah. there there's going to be people that are going to be upset. If there, that, there, if, yeah, if, of if, course, if of course, and I think justifiably so because we should be in the contention to to for a conference championship. I think there's there's no reason why we should not have that expectation. Um, I'll say this: the first two games without having Justin Tomlin are going to be difficult. Uh, we should at the very least be one and one. Um, d- d- depending on FAU is is just a hard game to call because I don't know what I don't know. Um, I don't know how well their offense will improve from last year because their offense was pretty much their offense was rock bottom. They, they can't hardly get any worse than what they were last year, um, and their defense is in a position to where it could slide back a little bit. So with our quarterback situation, I'm going to probably say we're probably one and one. Once when Tomlin gets back, I really see where every game after that is winnable. Just do we mm-hmm. do it. I think our defense keeps us in every yeah. game. If Tomlin can come back and healthy and play like I think we all kind of expect him to play, there's not a game on here that I look at and think, oh, man, we're automatically going to lose that game. I look at every yeah. game and I say I think I it's I think it's winnable, and so I could very well see us being ten and two, nine and three, yeah. maybe even eleven and one, and be be set up very well to go up against uh, Louisiana or Arkansas State or possibly even South Alabama, or whatever. In, in, yeah, in the championship game, I really do. I I think we're the Arkansas State of the East. I really do. I I, th- I think we're an enigma. I I, I you know we and, are. and, and we this are. is and this and this is being somebody. I mean, I'm listening to the guy, uh, you know, the the Arkansas State guy who's like well ingrained in that program, and he's saying the same thing. We we are that. Yeah. Like we literally, I I think we could be six and six or ten and two and eleven and one. Yeah. I really do. Yeah. I like it, but it's it's just it's it's so hard to pinpoint at this point, and. Uh, you know, it's it's yes, quarterback play obviously big. Does the defense live up to the expectations? That's the thing. If if can they if they play as well as they did last year, I think we're higher than six wins. Um, if they take a step, you know, back. If, if 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 they play no no yeah if they take a step back, we're probably closer to five or uh, five or six wins. If they if they're like not significantly better, just even like slightly better, like a, you know. Um, then, cause I think, I think the offense will, or I think the defense will stay either constant or slightly better. And I think the offense will take a step or two ahead. I do. Um, and if, if that happens and, and honestly, if we're talking about, uh, the third level of it, of, of special teams, I think special teams, we either, I, I think special teams gets better. I think kicking yeah. game gets better. I think return game gets better. Yes, we lose Wes Kennedy, uh, but we got Armari Jones. We got Caleb Hood. I think uh, coverage and punt, uh, kickoff coverage and punt uh, coverage gets better. So you're talking defense stays the same, possibly gets better. Special teams gets better, and offense gets better. You say that to the average person, and you're going to say, okay, we're going to win more than eight games that we won last year. Well, we got a tougher schedule. Um, but... That being said, if all that happens, I think we are looking more at like an eight to ten season, um, eight to ten win season. 
but it's just it really is it's just up in the air i mean it's it's so many i'd like it i, I hate to sound like regret <laughs> so many toss-ups it just is more so than it probably ever has yeah, been it, and that's the thing right even last year nine games out of what 12 13 that we played were toss-up games where it was decided between one score so yeah looking at this i mean you're talking about like you're not even talking about like who's the best team in this situation you're talking about like who gets that one turnover? Yeah. Who yeah. gets that one bad penalty? Who gets the one terrible call where, like, you know, the the review doesn't go through or whatever, like that kind of thing. You know, ball bounces the wrong way, like freak play. Like that. That's that's kind of what this is going to come down to, and it, it's 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 hard to admit, and it you know <laughs> it stinks, but like. I, I really do. I think I think like there's five to six wins. Like we've we've got it, um, and then everything else is a toss up that could even come outside of our control. You yeah. know, it literally could just be like just things that happen. Um, you know, an injury, just a bad call, whatever. So, yeah. All right. Um, with that, GW. Let's talk about some Gardner Webb. Not the just not just the bulldogs, the running bulldogs. The run running running with apostrophe. There's no G. There's, <laughs> There's no running bulldogs. Running bulldogs. Running bulldogs. So do you think they bark um, at people like UGA fans? I hope so. That, that, but that, do they have to be running fun. when they do it? Yeah, I would think so. You like, have to get some like okay. calisthenics in. Oh, uh, yeah. okay. Right. Um, yeah, 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 yeah. They're they're definitely more athletic than UGA fans. Um, <laughs> so with. <laughs> so so talk about Gardner Webb. We we joked about this a couple of episodes ago and then off air and stuff. We were like I'm like, Cody, we got we got a preview of Gardner Webb and he's like, I don't know anything about Gardner Webb. And uh, we so did obviously some we research. Did, we did some research, but turns out there's some good talking points here. There is. Like we're I know I know we're an hour and fifty minutes in, but but like there's you know, we I think we can spend a good ten minutes on Gardner Webb, if not more. Yeah. And uh if there was and, a, if there was ever a rivalry between a football school and a family, by God, we have found it. Yes. We have. And yes. And uh that is the Lamb family. <laughs> so so if you are a Georgia Southern fan, if you're a true uh, true blue Georgia Southern fan, you're listening to this. Uh, you probably already know what I'm talking about, but yes, you heard that right. Trey Lamb is the head coach of Gardner Webb football. Uh, Trey Lamb, uh, his uncle is Bobby Lamb, uh, the former coach at Furman, the former coach at Mercer, um, and their offensive coordinator at Gardner Webb is Taylor Lamb. Taylor Lamb is the cousin of Trey Lamb, the head coach, and uh, he, of course, is Bobby's son, and he um, played at App State. Uh, he holds a 3-1 record uh, against Georgia Southern um, as a player, and uh, just losing his freshman year, 2014, um, Fritz's first year, and our first year as, or bo- both of our first year as a FBS program, and um yeah, so so Taylor came in. They had a shortened season FCS program. They're in the Big two South Conference. They went two and two. Obviously, you know everything got thrown on ahead in FCS. Well, everywhere, obviously, right? But obviously, FCS. Um, they scrambled to get that that spring season in. They didn't get a ton of like practice and all this in. Um, you can imagine what that means for a new head coach, right? Um, but yeah, they they come in. 
They they go two and two. Um, yeah, I was gonna go say ahead. their victories was over uh, ranked Elon team. They were like twenty fourth, and then Presbyterian, mm-hmm. so the non scholarship uh, football team. Uh, I think they lost. Yeah, them. so in in Elon was notable. So that was their first uh, ranked win in a long time, I believe since like 2014, something like that. Um, they were number 14 in the nation at the time. Elon, of course, everyone knows, former SoCon opponent, right? Um, they were, uh, they, they won that game 42 to 20. Um, they were, uh, and they outscored Elon 35 to nothing in the second half. So just like, yeah. Um, and... They they have an interesting QB battle going on at, at, at Gardner Webb. Um, they've got um, they pretty much have a three way battle, and I think one of the kids is a freshman. One I think is a transfer from Wake Forest. Um, I'm yeah, not- he he's a kid that that people might be familiar with if you're familiar with uh, the QB One show on Netflix. If anyone watches that. Um, on the first season of that, he was actually featured on the show um, oh. as one of the the top dual threat quarterbacks in the country. Um, out of uh, he came out of a high school in Pennsylvania, a private uh, Catholic high school in Pennsylvania. Um, he chose Wake Forest over a bunch of schools um, and uh, didn't pan out there. Now he's at Garner Webb. Um, but, uh, but yeah, so so that's that's going to be interesting to watch of, of who ends up, um, you know taking the reins there yeah so obviously they're replacing the quarterback from last year they're replacing i think uh their two top wide receivers um from their team that played in the spring uh they replaced that with some i think they got some key additions from the transfer portal there uh the big thing for their offense is they're returning four offensive line starters the only replace uh is their center so that'll be interesting to watch to see if there is any you know uh bad snaps because they are in the shotgun a lot and they do run the air raid um so i think you know kind of like us they they they're gonna be figuring out their quarterback situation uh i think their timing is gonna be a big key you know are they gonna be able to get off our corners and get and hit their routes that they need to be um is our secondary gonna be able to to show that they can stop and can we get pressure on the quarterback yeah. So, um, so yeah. So I, I had mentioned like their quarterback battle, right? Uh, I mentioned the Bailey kid, Bailey Fisher. Um, so he's only five eleven, two oh seven, which kind of goes into this narrative of, of what I'm about to say. <clears throat> he's a junior. Um, he previously played at Tennessee Tech. Uh, he played high school at Raven County High School. He was in the class of 2017 um, with a guy named Trevor Lawrence and a guy named Justin Fields. And uh, at Rabin County, he was right in the stat category with those guys. Um, this kid threw for 9,383 yards and 113, 113 touchdowns yeah. at Rabin County. Um, he was right up there in all the record books of, of Georgia high school storied, you know, Georgia high school football, obviously Rabin County. Has lately become a powerhouse. Um, Jay Boshaw, I, was gonna say, I so believe, was he is the head was coach he there. Under, yeah. Okay. I think he was uh, 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 under uh, the... Coach Leeshaw. Leeshaw. Okay. Leeshaw. At that point, he was. But now Jay Boshaw is the head coach there. So, um, yeah. I mean, obviously, they, they've had a storied program. Um, 
obviously the reason he ended up at Tennessee Tech and now uh, Garner Webb, he's 5'11", right? <laughs> As opposed to yeah. Justin Fields, like a 6'3", and uh, um, Trevor Lawrence, like a 6'5", I believe. So that's the biggest the biggest difference. But um, kid can sling it, right? So he's competing with a, with a guy from the QB1 Netflix show, um, dual-threat quarterback, Tavon Bowers. Um, so he's a redshirt junior. He's six one, uh, two hundred pounds. Harrisburg, Pennsylvania, Bishop uh, McDevitt High School, and previously at Wake Forest, like we said. So it's gonna be interesting to see how that shakes out. Um, and yeah, like I said, Trey Lamb, um, young coach, hungry coach, reminds me of the coach at Campbell that we played last year, right? I mean, th- this is this is a team that you know they have not had a winning season. Um, since 2013, right? Yes. But, yep. but you know, again, went two and two last year in the spring season, shortened spring season. Um, and I think Trey Lamb has them on the right track. Yes, he has um, them on the right trajectory for sure. Yeah. So all that being said, is this game, is this a, a game to worry about? shouldn't be hopefully um you know yeah. uh, Campbell Campbell wasn't either <laughs> going into it but I, I, again yes we had you know 33 players out 15 of the two deep um that shouldn't hopefully be the case this year um but you know is this going to be a 70 to nothing blowout probably not but like do we wear them down over time and like pull away probably in the third and fourth quarter we should yeah. That's what I think this is, right? And uh, um, we've talked a lot about their offense. Um, they are returning all eleven starters from their defense from last year. Yeah, and I think uh, Phil still has because he does also an FCS preview as well, um, and has I think nine of their players on the his Big South teams. You know, first, second, third team, or whatever. They have a couple P five transfers, yep. I think, on defense. Yeah, so. So I mean, often, you're, you're I mean, talking about a private school in North Carolina, right? I mean, you know, they've they've got decent yep. facilities and stuff. Like, like it's it's not. Their I mean, defensive this, this line's is a team. gonna be stout. This will be a yeah. good test for our offensive line for sure. Um, they're not gonna give in. If our offensive line, I think they can just push them around, and it's gonna be an easy, you know, cakewalk for them. They're gonna be in a rude awakening. Uh, they're gonna yeah. have to come to play. If they don't, it's gonna be a struggle, and. Uh, It'll be a, it'll be a, a test early that nobody wants to see. Yeah. Oh, well, I mean, you know, you you look back, right? I mean, you know, Maine twenty six eighteen. Yep. Obviously, Campbell last year twenty seven twenty six. Yes, with a with all the starters out. Um, but you know, like we, of course, you know, back in twenty seventeen. Yes, that was under Tyson Summers, but lost in New Hampshire. 22 to 12 right i mean it's it's these aren't these aren't give you know give me games um so i mean yes this is this is a program that struggled it's a program on the up and up um you know are they there yet no Uh, but you know don't be surprised if you don't see garner webb in the fcs playoffs in like a year or two right um you know or a couple years but um it's yeah, we we've got we've got to go, come into it prepared. Yeah, we do. Period. We have to. Yeah. We have to take care of business. And again, season starts. You know, we have to take care of business, and then go on to FAU. Uh, look for this team to really put pressure on whoever the quarterback is, whether it's Ransom, Jones, Kennerson, doesn't matter. 
look for them to mm-hmm. put pressure, make them try to feel uncomfortable. They know that obviously Tomlin's not going to be in there. So they feel like either it's going to be a freshman or somebody that hasn't played the quarterback position in a while. And they're going to make them feel uncomfortable and they're going to make it to where they try to force them to make mistakes. So this is where offensive line play is going to come in. This is going to be our ability to pick up blitzes. They will blitz us. And do we understand the offense enough, whoever's leading it, to recognize the blitz and to be able to get either to your quick outs if it's pass play or pitch or dive or, or be able to read who's coming at you and be able to go and hand the ball off. So, yeah. like I said, yeah. the first I mean, quarter, it's, it's, we could be sweating yeah. it out in the first quarter and second quarter and wondering right. what's going to happen. But I think we do pull away in the second half. It just may yeah. not be the final score we're hoping for. Um, but we should we should win this game. Yeah, I mean, we should win, and I think we, I think it will be, I think we'll win more easily than like the main game, certainly than last year against Campbell. I don't think it will come down to the last minute, um, but yeah, don't be surprised if it's close at half. Definitely, don't be surprised if it's close at the, end of the first quarter, or if we, you know, if it's like a three nothing ball game or something like that. Like it very well could be. Um, so. You know, it, we, we got to feel it out. We got to, you know, it's, it's just going to be interesting to see how Roos, again, like attacks a team, how much of the playbook he shows, um, how, I guess, like aggressive or experimental he wants to get yeah. with whatever quarterback he has out there. Big, right. Big key for um, this is available scholarship players 85 for us, 63 for them. They do air raid. Roos is going to do a lot of up tempo stuff, probably. It could just very well be a case that they just run out of gas. Both going yeah, fast. I think they, yeah, and that, and that's like I I listened to an interview with, with with Trey Lamb, their head coach, and and that's what he said. Like you know, they I think ran their defense was like hardly on the field, right? Because like or 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 I guess they were on the field a lot because uh, of like how high octane their offense is, and just yeah. like they score really quick. So, so yeah, that's that's a really good point. Is like if we, even if they're able to move the ball on us, whether they get three or, or, or seven, um, yeah, when, when does that tank reach yep. empty or close to it? And, um, and, and the pressure that we get on them, and also just you know, it's it's going to be it could be a field day for our for our secondary. It should be. I think it's going to be a really good test for our secondary because I mean in, in a first game with Jetters with their quarterback and everything like maybe you know he th- he's able to get a drive or two together, but sooner or later like we figure things out and we we get some turnovers and that positions us well to get some points even if it's just like field goals. Um, so I think I think that's going to be a key. Like don't be surprised. We we get three turnovers in this game. That's gonna be like my bold statement. I think we get like some. I think we get a combination, probably like two interceptions and a fumble in this game, um, and that in the second half especially helps kind of shift things. Yeah. Right. And in, in, in our direction. So. All right. I think that's how this one ends. Um, Cody, looking forward to it. Can't wait to start the season. Again, uh, hopefully, should be. Uh, no restrictions on on crowd size, um, so looking forward to hopefully a packed stadium. Uh, 
again, it's great to have football back. Uh, just just a FYI, this is being recorded two weeks before the first game. So if there's any sort of news that breaks between the time that this is released, right? Oh well, yeah. <laughs> it just is yeah, what right. it is. Um, right. It's, yeah, it's it's yeah. August 22nd for both of us right now. It was August 21st yeah. when I started recording it. Uh, Cody started <laughs> this thing at 12:30 his time Eastern. Um, so so yes, if if anything breaks between now and then. Uh, forgive us we'll tweet it uh yeah. but other than that like it is what it is um but uh, yeah i'll obviously try to get this out as soon as possible um but whenever you're hearing this whether it's uh yeah whether it's a week out a couple days out from from uh gardner webb or you know a full like week and a half or so out um yeah we, we, we hope you enjoy go back and listen to those first two episodes uh you know follow us on on social media follow us on uh all your favorite podcast uh services and and tell your friends yes. uh, you know i wanted to get that in tell your friends if uh again no matter when you're listening to this if you got a couple of days a week week and a half um make it your kind of goal uh in these next couple of days tell you know tell one friend Tell three friends, tell five friends if you're feeling generous um, that that are fans of Georgia Southern football that you know that would appreciate this and and hear our, our banter, uh, you know, uh, about our favorite team. Um, and uh, and, yeah, just continue to spread the word. We've definitely seen an uptick in, in traffic, which we love to see, um, but want to grow that. So um, the best way to do that is just like get our loyal listeners to, to continue to spread the word. Exactly. So with that, Cody, uh, can't wait till September 4th. I guess next time we'll record. We'll be after that talking about hopefully a win against Gardner Webb um, and previewing FAU. And uh, let's get this season started. Can't wait. Hail Southern. Hail Southern. Thank you for listening to Gotta Talk. Be sure to visit our website, gotatalk.com. Like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter at Gatatalk Podcast for more news and coverage of Georgia Southern football. Reach out with questions, share your thoughts, or suggest topics on our social media channels or by emailing us at gatatalkpodcast at gmail.com. Until next time, Eagle Nation, Gata and Hail Southern. Southern.